message by extending a big thank you to Pastor Mike West, who filled the pulpit here last Sunday. And I heard wonderful things about Mike. Let's give, give him a big hand. Him and his wife, Ruth, are an integral part of, of Living Word Chapel, and we just appreciate you greatly. So thank you so much, Mike. I know that he also, also officiated a memorial service for a longtime member of Living Word Chapel, Sue Miller. And so thank you for doing that. Um, I was praying for you from a, from a distance, from a cold distance in Arkansas. And uh, we had a wonderful time there, but I am so glad to be back in Arizona to the warmth. Yeah, um, so we are kicking off a uh, sermon series where we're going to be praying through three psalms uh, as we go through our 21 days of prayer. And uh, we're going to look at Psalm 25 today, and then we're going to look at Psalm 51 next week, and then we're going to look at Psalm 91 the third week to conclude the series. And what, what, I, what I pray is that... Um, it will be a backdrop. These psalms, because they're psalms of prayer, are going to be a backdrop to help us posture our lives to pray. As Shauna said, uh, prayer is, is vital to seeing life being changed or, or just God moving in hearts. Amen? We're, we're all a testimony of prayer because someone prayed for me to get saved. Someone prayed for me to come into the kingdom. And, and, and so when we pray I believe that the heavens are stirred and God hears every single prayer. Um, as we look at, at each one of these psalms, they're, gonna, they're going to be focused on, 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 on a different facet of, of life. For example, uh, Psalm 25 really helps us to understand prayer in relationship with our God. And I would even say, as Jesus taught us to pray, our Father. Amen. So we have this father-son, father-daughter kind of relationship with, with God Almighty. Psalm 51, it, it, it teaches us to pray when we've made bad choices. And I know I'm not speaking to first to 845, but I'll be speaking at 1030 a.m. about bad choices. No, no, no. All of us have made bad choices. Amen? And, and uh, I mean, just open the fridge and you can make a bad choice. Should I? Um, so so the, the Psalm 91, it, it teaches us to pray and trust the Lord in times of sickness or pandemics. I think Psalm 91 was probably recited more than any other psalm during the pandemic that we had. Because it teaches us that God is over anything that we face. Any pandemic. Shauna talked about that, 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 uh, that dear lady that we love, the sister in Christ that we love so much, who, who, uh, who had a, um, uh, a situation happen recently and she... They had to revive her three times, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's the hand of God that did that, that was there to, to keep her where she's at. Um, so we're going we're gonna to be looking, we're going to be focusing our prayers in those three, in those three psalms. And I just believe it's going to speak to hearts. It's going to speak to your life. It's going to speak to where you're at. How many of you believe that when you come to God's house, God will speak to you where you're at? He'll meet you where you're at. Because he cares about you. He cares about every detail in your life. And so uh, you can open up your Bibles to Psalm 25, if you will. You're, you're, you can go to your smart device and find it on version, wherever you're at. And we're going to read through Psalm 25, and I'm going to talk about um, in that. I'm going to be giving you some, some points that I believe are going to be helpful. And there's probably a lot of other things that we can extract from this psalm, but these are the things that the Lord brought to my attention 
as, as we look at, at this psalm. Okay, so uh, Psalm 25, here's uh, the, the head, heading. Psalm 25 teaches us to, the first thing that I want to I wanna point to, it teaches us to pray for loyalty. Would, would you agree with me that loyalty is missing in our, in our society? It, it's very hard to find, find people that, that are loyal. Um, but this psalm, it reminds us that, that God's instruction or God's direction comes from prayer just as much as study. If you know the word, if you know the word without a relationship, it'll puff you up. There's a lot of people that know Bible. They know the Bible. They know every verse. They know a lot of things, and they can speak them out like this, but they have no love. There's no relationship with God. And, and so what this psalm teaches us is how we have to build a relationship. So, so reading the word is, is, is important, but praying, praying in and through the word is important too. Amen? And we, we, we speak to God and we receive from God. Just like relationships, we, we, we speak to people, but we should also receive from people. My, my relationship with Shauna is stronger when I not, not only do I speak to her, but I listen to her. Do you notice when she said, you know, if, you know, pastor's going to be, you know, he's going to say, you know, take the mic from her? I would never say that. I might think it, but I won't say it. <laughs> Why? Because we have a relationship, and it's a wonderful relationship. I don't want to mess that up, right? So, so we find here in, in this psalm that, that it's important that we... Um, that we have relationship, that, that, that in this relationship we find the, the loyalty and the faithfulness of God. Because here's what you need to know, beloved. Though everyone in your life abandon you, God never will. And sometimes God allows abandonment in our lives so that we can find his faithfulness. And I've had the closest of people, people that I love and cherish, that they have, in my opinion, abandoned me in my most difficult times, but God showed me in those times that he never did, and he never will. And I, I, I would have to say, if that's happened to me, maybe I've been the product of that myself. Maybe I have not been there in someone's estimation the way they thought that I should have been. Amen? Well, let me tell you why that happened, beloved, as your pastor. Let me tell you, I'm not your answer. Jesus is. If your whole life is, 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 uh, is put in, in if, if you put all your, all your eggs in the basket of the, your pastor being faithful to you, let me tell you, I'm a man and I will fail you, but God will never fail you. Are you with me? And so you got to take that, that yoke of, of unhealthy expectations off of you. And, and, and we begin to find out that, that loyalty, loyalty is a relational term. Amen? You have to have relationship to find loyalty. And we, we see that spelled out in, uh, in, in, in the scriptures. And our walk with God, our walk with God is based not on religion, but it's based on a relationship with Jesus. Are you with me? And, and when you have a relationship with Jesus, it changes everything about your life. When you have religion, it's all about what you can do for God. And there's thousands of religions that are working to see what can they do for God. They pray a certain time. That's why I'm saying, yeah, Shauna said, we're not going to make it easy for you to pray. But I'm going to say, I, we will. We will make it easy for you to pray because we, we, we want for you to form a relationship with the, your Father in heaven. And I believe that Jesus comes into our life not to make it harder, 
but to make things easier. He said, take my yoke upon you. Take my burden upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is, is light. It's easy like Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And, and so God wants this, this relationship with us. And I think, you know who complicates that? We do. We complicate our walk with God because we want to make it a uh, we want to make it that it's dependent on us, not dependent on us. It's dependent on the relationship we have with Jesus, and He wants to have this wonderful, wonderful relationship with you. So, so King David. Not that I'm disagreeing with you, Sean, but I just had to say that. So, so King David starts out this psalm by saying this: "Oh Lord, I give my life to you." I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. Let's pause right there because here's what I want you to know. You will have enemies. If you're a friend of God, you won't be a friend of the world. The, the closer you get to God, the further that the world will, will distance itself from us because the world doesn't want Jesus. The, the ruler of this world doesn't want for you to have Christ. So, so David says, do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Living Word Chapel... We are not called to be people of deception. We're called to be people of integrity. We're called to, to, to be loyal people. We're called to, to this loyalty that comes only from God. What, what you would receive from Jesus is truth. He wouldn't mince words. He, he, he wouldn't say things that, that make you feel good. He would say things that were truth. And so as we walk in that, we begin to find out um, that, that, that this, this loyalty that, 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 that is needed. I'm not even going to say that, that it's something that we want. It's needed in life. It's how you build healthy relationships. What's needed is this loyalty that only comes from God. But I, I love this, too, because I use it all the time. Have you ever heard someone say, I gave my life to God? I, I gave my life to Jesus, right? Notice what David says in this prayer right away. He says, Lord, I give my life to you. Here, here's what I believe as well, that someone in here today that has never given their life to Jesus will give their life to Jesus today. I believe that because the Holy Spirit's working in hearts. Here's what I believe today is that someone that's watching online or listening on a podcast, today you're listening for a reason. You're watching for a reason because God is drawing you to his love. And, and, and you have to vocalize this in your relationship with God. You have to say, I give my life to God today. Amen? When you give your life to God, it, it's not yours anymore. It's his, and it's in better hands than, when it, than what it was with you. Amen? Lord, Lord my, my, my life is in your, in your hands uh, because I trust you. Now, now think about the most important relationship in your life. 
Don't you live in these relationships with an attitude that says, I have given my life to this person? Have you ever heard someone that's going through a divorce and they said, I gave my better part of my life to this person for 20 years. You ever heard that? I did everything for them. I gave them my life. You know, I, I'll say this, that, that Sean and I, who've been married for 38 years, we gave our lives to each other. We live life together. How much more the creator of the universe do we give our life to him? The sustainer of our life, that we, that we trust him. And, and then David magnifies the loyalty of God when he prays, don't let me be disgraced and don't let my enemies be happy when they try to destroy me. Let me tell you something. When someone slanders you, it's disloyalty, especially those that are in your circle. Have you ever had someone in your circle and then they, you, you hear that they have been, uh, they've been misaligning your name. They've been talking about you. They've been slandering you. How do you feel? David says, I trust you, God, right? People that talk about you behind your back, are they friends or are they enemies? You see, God's people, we should not operate that way, amen? We should not be able to talk to someone a different way when they're in our presence than when they're not in our presence. In, in Psalm 101, King David put it like this. So he goes from talking to singing. He said, I will sing of loyalty and of justice to you, O Lord. I will sing, Lord. I will sing of the loyalty that you've given to me, that the, the, the faithfulness that you are. Great is your name because you are so good. And I'll tell you something, beloved. When you, when you grab a hold of the loyalty of God, you will sing. When we, when we do praise and worship and we start out the service, who are those songs for? Do you think we pick them out for you? <laughs> who are the songs for? For God. And when you know God's loyalty, guess what you'll do? I will sing praises to you. Lord, you are good and your mercies endureth forever. I'm not going out for the praise team. I will sing of loyalty and of justice to you, O Lord. I will sing. I will study the way that is blameless. When shall I attain it? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. And that teaches me something vital. It says I should be the same when I'm in front of people than when I'm at home. That, that the Holy Spirit will produce in me the, 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 the sameness, the same attitude when I'm with people than when I'm away from them. Amen? I will not set before my eyes anything that is base or anything that is, that is sinful. One who secretly slanders a neighbor, I will destroy. King David said, I hate those people. When someone comes and talks to Pastor James about someone else, I say, that's not a me and you conversation. That's a you and them. Amen. We, we should really not be happy when people talk about other people. A haughty look and an arrogant heart I will not tolerate. 
I, I will, this is King David talking, I will look with favor on the, on the faithful in the land so that they may live with me. Whoever walks in the, in, in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. Ooh, that tells me, who am I going to put in my circle? Now, Pastor James has people in his circle. I, I minister to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. But there's some people that I want in my circle. Because they walk in integrity. They, they walk, they walk in, 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 in faithfulness. They walk in what? In loyalty. Amen? You want loyal people in your circle. Right? And they minister to you. No one who practices deceit shall remain in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue in my presence. In fact, what we should do is call them out. That's not the truth. So in our prayer time, we start out, Lord God, develop in me loyalty. Lord, Lord, produce in me what I cannot do on my own. I don't want to live a life of lie. I don't want to be deceitful to others, Lord God. Protect me from those that are. Guide me in your, in your way, Lord God. Let your will be done in my life. Here in Oracle as it is in heaven. Amen? We, be, we begin to allow this, this psalm to, to guide us. Because the psalm is based on loyalty. And the reason for this is because loyalty, loyalty starts with God. And loyal people walk with God. You'll, you'll know people by their fruit. Now, now, now loyalty and a clear conscience, they go hand in hand. Loyalty and looking at someone in the eyes go hand in hand. Have you ever been talking to someone and they can't look at you? And how many, of, how many times you're talking to someone, they can't look at you, and you know they've talked about you. They can't look you in the eye. Their, their conscience is not clear. The Apostle Paul said something that I, I try to own. The Apostle Paul, in two places, one in Acts 23, 1, he says, Brothers, I've always lived before God with a clear conscience. I don't want to fake it till I make it. I don't want to be deceitful. Our, our, our prayer to God should lead us to deal with anything that is upsetting our conscience. Amen? Your conscience is a great gauge. Amen? Your, your conscience says, mm-mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't be talking to that person. Maybe, maybe, you know, your wife would not really be pleased if she knew that you were having these conversations. Your, your husband probably wouldn't be too, too, too happy if you were, you know, having these conversations. So you, you go before God and you clear your conscience. You say, Lord God, I've sinned. I, I, I've sinned against you. And guess what God does? He restores. He doesn't beat you over the head. He restores us. Paul, in, in, in Acts 24, verse 16, he said, I always try, I, I love that, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and before people. So you wrong someone and you, you know you shouldn't have, what's, what's a good thing to do? Hey, what I said, I shouldn't have said, I want to I tell you this, because I want you to know I'll never do that again. Hey, I, I talked about you that, and I shouldn't have. I want to tell you, I'll never do it again. Guess what happens in your relationship? Guess what happens? Trust is built like you would never, like you never had before. 
Amen? That's a hard conversation, but how many of you know that when you start doing those things, you're walking in the accompaniment of God? That Jesus is guiding you because you're honest. The second thing that uh, Psalm 25 points us to do, it, 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 it's to pray for direction. Our, our posture before God changes with a clear conscience. In fact, your, your prayers with God will always be so much different whenever you have a clear conscience, but it will guide you. Look at, the, look at how it progresses. You go from clear conscience and, and look at what, what, what David begins to pray. He says this, show me the right path. He goes from people deceiving him, from, from, from him walking in honesty. He says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Now, this is a, a, a prayer. He's talking to God. Lead me by your truth and teach me. Now, remember what I said about Jesus? That Jesus won't tell you what you, what you want to hear. Jesus will tell you the what? The truth. So King David says, lead me by your truth and teach me, for, for you are the God who saves me all day long, I put my hope in you. And this teaches us something, that, that, that your walk with God is not about Sunday morning. It's not for an hour on Sunday that you say, I went to church. Your walk with God is every day, every minute of your life. Embracing truth, embracing what he wants to do in you and through you. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O oh Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown me from long ages past. In other words, David is saying, Lord, from throughout my life, I, I've seen your hand. And, and I can say this from, from my own life, that I see God's hand on me even before I said yes to Jesus. I see God protecting me. I see that God put people in my life at that time, even when I didn't say yes to him, even before I gave my life to him. I see his handprint on my life from the day that I was born. Because I was fearfully and wonderfully made for such a time as this. Put that in your own life. You were fearfully and wonderfully made for such a time as as this. You were put at Saddlebrook Ranch for such a time as this. You were put in Oracle for such a time as this. You were put in Eagle Crest for such a time as this. You were put in San Manuel for such a time as this. His handprint is on your life. Lord, do not do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Lord, don't remember all the boneheaded things I did. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O oh Lord. Here's what I've come to find out is without God leading my path, my way, I will stumble and fall. Prayer for direction is you giving God permission, even though he doesn't need it, for him to lead you in your life. 
He gives us his word. His word illuminates our path. And we talk to him about life. In Psalm 119, 105, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, and it's a light for my path. So it teaches us that, that prayer and the word together helps relationship and guidance to work cohesively. Amen? I, I have to believe that God directed you here today. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted you to get up this morning, drink your coffee, have breakfast, whatever you did. I have to believe that God guided you here today so that you could hear his word. So that God could use a vessel to speak into your life. I, I have to believe that when you leave here today, you will be a product of his goodness. I believe that when you leave here today, you will consider reading your Bible every day. I, I believe that he's stirring your heart right now. To move you from a place of, of maybe stagnation, maybe move you from a place of, of, of kind of the, the ordinary life into an extraordinary life that you can only find in Jesus Christ. And that you will seek his guidance every day of your life. Psalm 25 also teaches us to pray for humility. When you think about it, you, can't, you cannot pray. You will never pray without an attitude of humility. Because when you pray, beloved, you're saying, God, I need you in my life. Because I've messed it up. When, when, when we pray, we say, Lord, this thing is bigger than me. This, this, this habit that I have, I cannot break it without you. This relationship that I have, I, I cannot restore it without you. This illness that I have, I, I, I can't overcome it without you. Lord, in, even in this illness, I, I, I don't know if I, can, if I can walk it. I don't know if I can go one more day. I don't know if I can go one more hour. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it works in us and works through us, you take another step. And, and when you think, I can't do it anymore, you say, oh, God, where are you? And God says, I'm right here. Take another step. Oh, God, I, I feel like giving up. Once you say that, oh, God, I feel like giving up, you're saying, God, I need you. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me in everything that I'm going through, Lord. Look at my, my, my financial status. Look at all this. God says, just come to me, and I will see you through. But you humble yourself because you're saying, I need someone greater than me. See, before I came to Jesus, I was so full of myself, I had no room for God. God had to allow me to be empty and broken so that I could welcome him to fill me. And when he fills me, I'm a lot better me than I am without him. Amen? You can see in verse 8, he says, the Lord is good and he does what is right. He shows the, the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, 
teaching them whose way? Teaching them his way. Now, now who, do, who does he teach? The humble. Okay, he teaches the humble his way. Okay? The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. So at the, at the heart of this part of this prayer is an attitude of humility and a posture that says, I need to be taught by God. How many of you would say in here today, I need to be taught by God? I need for, for the Lord to be my teacher. Amen? James put it like this, James 4, verse 6. He gives grace generously, as the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the, to the humble. Grace is unmerited favor. You didn't earn it, so God wants to pour into you, give you more, give you more, give you more grace. And it comes through a, through a humble heart. You know, I, I've witnessed, in, you know, I'm one of them. But I've witnessed some dear friends of mine that were the most arrogant people that you could ever be around. You ever been around an arrogant person? Yeah. You ever been one of those? Right? Everything was about you. What you've done. What you're doing. But I've been around people that were those kinds before Jesus and with Jesus. They're the most humble people you'll ever meet. Only God can do that. I love the way that St. That Augustine put it. He said this, it was pride that changed angels into devils. Because demons are fallen angels. Did you know that? So it's, it's pride. It's saying we don't need God. We can do things on our own. We'll follow the, re, the rebellion, the rebellious one, Satan. It was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men look like angels. It, it, it's humility that when people are around you, they're saying, man, I could be around this guy every day. I could be around this, this lady every day because arrogance drives people away. If you're a one-upper, let me tell you something. People don't want to be around you because you one-up everything. You're full of yourself. But if you're humble and you're always lifting people up and you say, you know what, I'm nothing. God is everything and I want to be here to help you and strengthen you. They say, man, I could be around this guy all day long. The, his, being in his presence makes me better. Amen? So, so think with me. In our prayers, we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, make us like you. How do we become like Jesus? Well, Jesus washed people's feet. When's the last time you washed somebody's feet? When do you, when's the last time you become a servant of servants? Because he humbled himself. I'm not even saying for you to wash people's feet. But what I am saying is this. When is the last time you said, Lord God, lead me to serve your purposes for your glory? Amen? Gosh, it's quiet in here. The, the, the fourth point that, this, that this, uh, this psalm leads us to pray. Pray to honor God. Pray to honor God. Now, I would say this, that humility and honor go hand in hand. When, when, you, when, you honor, when you honor God and you honor people, you have to humble yourself to make them greater. When you worship God, let me tell you something, what happens when you worship God? 
when you worship God, something happens in your heart. You're saying, Lord, I want to elevate you, and I'm going to lower myself. Amen? When you honor God, you say, Lord, it's all about you. You receive the glory. You know what blesses me like you would not believe? Hearing all these athletes, there's some incredible athletes, uh, NFL players, NBA players, that they'll say, you, before they even answer a question, they'll say, all glory goes to, to Jesus. It's because of him that I can play. Proverbs 18.12 puts it like this. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. Another translation says pride comes before the, the fall. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. If you want to live honorable, you've got to humble yourself. Right? Verse 11 through 14 of this, this psalm, verse, uh, chapter, uh, Psalm 25. For, for the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Is David talking. Who, who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord for he rescues me from the trap of my enemies. And it teaches us something that's vital. It teaches us that in this life of wanting to honor God, that we, that we bring before God the offenses that we've made toward him, the sins that we've committed. We're going to look at that in Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, when David has an affair with Bathsheba, he goes before God and he says, Lord, against you and against you alone have I sinned. And you get this right with God because you'll never get this right until you get this right. You live your life to honor him. In 1 Samuel 2.30, it says this, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. So we, can, we come before the Lord, and we say, Lord God, you're greater than anything you're greater than my sin. I want to bring my sin before you. Thank you that you impute, impute righteousness. Thank you that you impute holiness into my life through Jesus. Last one. Last, last point. Someone say amen. Last point. <laughs> hey, we're just going through this psalm, guys. Psalm 25 teaches us to pray for God's mercy. What's the difference between, between grace and mercy? How many of you know what the difference is? Grace, grace is getting what I don't deserve, right? I, I, I receive God's unmerited favor. Amen? Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. I deserve judgment. But God is merciful, right? I love that. Say, verse 16 through 22, turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My, my problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Don't let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. Oh, 
God, and I love how he ends, O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Psalm 122, verse 6, 7, and 8 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. David ends here by saying, let's pray for Israel. Humble myself. Lord God, I've got all these enemies. I've got all these things that are against me. But Lord, be merciful to me, Lord God. I don't deserve it because of my many sins. I don't deserve it because of the way that I've acted. I don't deserve anything from you, Lord, but because of your mercy, I trust you. Let me tell you something, beloved, as we close. You should never walk out of God's house with shame. You should always walk out of God's house with your head lifted up because God is merciful. He doesn't want to destroy you. He wants to restore you. Last scripture, and then we're, we're going to close in prayer. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the prophet Jeremiah said this, the, stead, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning because great is his faithfulness. And so for everyone that's here and everyone that's watching, the God of the universe the creator and sustainer of life loves you with an unfailing love. He wants to build this relationship with you. He wants to impute integrity in you. He wants for you to receive his mercy. He wants for you to become a humble vessel that brings glory to his name. And you'll never have the joy of God. You'll never be truly happy without Jesus in your life. You never will because he is your salvation. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had, Lord God, to study this psalm, this relational prayer psalm, Father. I pray that, that you will continue your work in hearts, Holy Spirit, that you'll produce in, in people what only you can do. I pray for that person today that is, that is on the fence, Lord God. They, they want to believe, but they have a hard time. I, I pray for that person that today they will say, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. And they'll begin their walk with you, and they will see your faithfulness for themselves. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said a big amen and amen. Let's stand up and worship our King.
the service. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week, and we'll see you next time.